Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ted Paul, John Steve back on TC Live leading up to first ball on this Labor Day in New York City. Relax and watch the tennis. Novak Djokovic coming off a comeback from two sets down. Facing the man who hadn't dropped a set since qualifying for the main draw, John. Yeah, remember, Novak had that five-setter in his previous match. This was much more familiar. This is nighttime Novak. Every night session played. Uh, this is against Borna Gojo from Croatia, former Wake Forest player. And this was... Novak playing Novak tennis. Uh, a couple of breaks there and gets a very nice server. Only 12 unforced errors the entire match for Novak. Uh, I, I thought Gojo played pretty well this match and made him work a little. Uh, one his share of service games, but ultimately Novak was looking like the three-time champion that he is. Much more straightforward, two sets to love lead. Again, you know, this guy was a set away from defeat in his previous match. You never would have known it. Uh, at the feeling that window is closed. Nice play at the net right there. 12 aces for Novak, only 14 for Gojo. So serving uh, commensurate with one of the best servers, trying to hit the ball out of the stadium, didn't do it. That was about the only thing he didn't do well <laughs> yesterday. Nice, comprehensive win into week two. 57th Grand Slam quarterfinal and 37th win in a night match in New York. That sets an open record. He'll play the winner of this one between Taylor Fritz and Dominic Stricker. Fritz hadn't dropped a set-all tournament, Paul, and was barely losing games. Yeah, he uh, got broken when he served for the first set. Stricker showing us why his talent has gotten him to the round of 16. Beautiful lefty serve. A lot of racket talent this kid has. Getting through the qualifying where he had to fend off match points in the second round and also a huge win over Pass at five sets. Look, this guy's a terrific talent. I'll be so shocked if he's not in the top 50 in a heartbeat. Has a great lefty serve, a deceptive mover, big forehand. Taylor did a great job. This is one of these matches if you're Taylor Fritz that you put a ton of pressure on yourself because you are supposed to win and you're supposed to get to the quarterfinals. Did a great job staying with the game plan. Michael Russell, again, just hitting all the boxes just the right way with his player, telling him what to do in big moments. And right there, that two-handed backhand seals the deal. That is a terrific effort for Taylor Fritz. Makes the last eight club in New York. 45 years after his mom, Kathy May did the same thing. I knew it was going to be tough. He He's beaten a lot of good players this week, and... Yeah, I mean, that was that was a battle. That was a really uh, physical, tight three sets that kind of just came down to a couple points here and there. He was serving really well, and uh, I just kind of came through on a lot of big points where I needed it, and uh, yeah, super pumped to be in the quarters. All right, first-time quarterfinalist in New York, Taylor Fritz. He's got Novak Djokovic next. 0 for 7 against Novak Djokovic, including that 6-love, six 6-4 six loss just a couple weeks ago. So how does Taylor Fritz figure out a way to get past 
the world number one. Yeah, you got to ask his coach right here, Steve. He'll, he'll chime in in a moment. I'm here first. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting for Michael Russell. To come I mean, we're all Michael Russell fans, yeah. but what, what's your game plan? No, no, look, he, he's played some tough matches with Novak, too. Five sets in Australia. Did a really nice job at the ATP Finals last year, a couple tie breaks. So he's been right there, but as we all know, Novak Djokovic isn't uh, the most accomplished player in the men's game for no reason. I mean, he's great in big moments. You have to find ways to be comfortable being outside of your comfort zone. Taylor's going to have to serve well. He's going to have to find ways to put some pressure on Novak's second serve. The biggest question is, how the heck do you do it over three to five sets? And that's what every male player has to figure out against Novak. That's a challenge. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, as a player, the first thing you want to do is try to build a little bit of belief in a match like this one. So that's getting on the board early. That's going toe-to-toe -to -toe in the first set down the stretch, maybe trying to get that first set if you can't under your belt. And then it's a match. Then you've got something to work with and maybe allow for something a little more special to happen during the course um, of that match. But he's definitely got to serve well. I mean, that's a, a key. That's a given. And I think also take some chances on returns. Maybe try to get in a little bit more. Try to just push the envelope, especially in those moments where he's held serve and he can take a little more risk. But, you know, it's a comprehensive effort that it takes to beat a Novak Djokovic three out of five sets. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, mm -hmm. how Fritz handles it because he's been playing so well so far. Four matches, Taylor Fritz has won. He's played, you know, his old, his old buddy, Stevie Johnson. He's had a teenager. He had a, a qualifier yesterday in Stricker. Blessing or curse that he's going from four opponents, you know, outside the top 75 to suddenly the most accomplished player ever? Blessing for me. I mean, whenever you can get into the quarters and not have lost a set, for me, it's always a blessing. Does he believe? Does he believe he, he does? does? I mean, Taylor, to me, is the best uh, there is out there in terms of that young group mentally. Mm. I mean, I think he is a very exceptional uh, mental and emotional player in terms of managing situations. Now he's got to figure out how to execute all the strategic and physical stuff. And look, you know, uh, it's one of these things. It's not just Taylor's problem. It's a men's tour problem, and that's what we've seen for the last decade and a half from Novak Djokovic. So there'll be a lot of good conversations with him and with Mike Russell, and, and they'll figure out how to go out there and, and come up with a good game plan. To me, for any young player in this situation, you better have a great time. I mean, you're, you're, playing, you're going to play on Arthur Ashe Stadium with nothing to lose, everything to gain. It is going to be packed. It is going to be fun. You've got to embrace this and enjoy it and play every point. And the crowd will be behind him, no doubt. Uh, Novak Djokovic is going to have to go through two Americans if he wants to make it back to the final. This is why Francis Tiafo feeling those New York tones again, trying to reach the quarters for the second straight year. Chanda facing former North Carolina star Ricky Hijikata. Yeah, it's another one of those matches where Francis Tiafo was expected to win. All the pressure on him. This is a prime opportunity. But you've got to get past a game opponent who's been playing some terrific tennis. And Hijikata gave Tiafo everything he could. But Francis had the answers. The backhand was firing. The serve was incredible from the start of that this match of his 27 winners. 15 of them were aces for Tiafo. He ran away with the second set, and that helped him settle even more into this rhythm, finding the backhand line there. He kind of tried to throw some different looks at Tiafo, came in, tried to push forward, but Tiafo just had all the answers. In the end, the miss from Hijikata and another quarterfinal for Francis Tiafo. First American man to reach back-to-back -back U.S. Open quarterfinals since Andy Roddick. And speaking of our friend Andy, 
Ben Shelton could become the youngest American to reach the quarters here since Ronick. He brought some big serves against Tommy Paul, Paul. He sure did. And, and look, this is a tremendous rebound for Ben Shelton after losing a tough one in Australia to Tommy Paul. Started off playing some great tennis, brings the passion and emotion as he always does. I felt like Tommy was a little choppy the first couple of sets, and maybe that's some self-imposed pressure, right? He's the older American, the higher-ranked American, supposed to win this match. He's down 6-4, 6-3, and that ace at 149 miles an hour made it close to becoming 6-4-6-3-4-1. And yes, folks, we have to show that to you again. That is 149 miles an hour. Do that twice in one game. Wow. Yeah. How about Tommy Paul, though, guys, coming back from 4-1 in the third? This is what I mean about his emotional maturity. Brad Stein and he doing a great job to make this a match. He got back into it. Give Ben Shelton some incredible credit. This kid did not flicker after being up 6-4, 6-3, Did a terrific job taking care of his serve in the fourth set. Got the one opportunity at the end. Had one break point earlier in the fourth set. Couldn't convert. But this is a great effort for Ben Shelton. Just a lot of firepower. And yes, you can see that passion. Flexing on him, second major quarterfinal of the year. So out of this section, either Novak Djokovic will go for his 24th major title or some American will have a chance to get the country's first men's Grand Slam singles title since Andy Roberts. Three U.S. flags there, guys. How cool is that? Yes, huh? Novak, Novak versus the Americans, but I think you're right, Steve. I mean, we're going to have a, a finalist for the first time since Roddick if Novak doesn't emerge. History either way. We love that. Uh, still to come, the generational clash between Coco Golf and Caroline Wozniacki lived up to all the hype, highlights, and reaction. Straight ahead. Welcome back. Weather does not look great in New York. A reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and much more. It is available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Well, check this out. Elena Ostapenko hooked up one of her fans named Jonah with tickets to her match last night. He DM'd her on Instagram, and she responded, send me your email. Your wow. first and last name? I mean, how cool is that? That is so great. Maybe there'd be some tennis karma that would carry through. Right? Uh, I mean, that's good for her, though. That's a good effort. Social media can be accessible, but also a beautiful place to <laughs> uh, So with Jonah cheering on in the stands, could Ostapenko, John, stay perfect and become the first player to get four wins against Nigga's fiance? Yeah, big test for both guys. We were talking about how much we should read into that head-to-head. -head. It was a long time ago. It wasn't uh, at majors. But uh, you know what? Maybe there was something to the data after all. Eagle won the first set. Looked very good. And then all of a sudden, sort of Ostapenko as chaos agent uh, came to play. Served really well. Seven aces. Some of this is stories about her, and some of it is a strange retreat from uh, from Iga. Just the last set, the errors came fast and furious. Not a long match. That third set went away in a hurry. But credit Ostapenko. You look at the timing right there, and when she is on, she's really tough to beat, as she is herself will say. Her level's quite good, and she uh, she brings it to bear. Um, <laughs> not a lot. Look at that. An interesting celebration, I thought. A very cold handshake, as tends to be the case. Uh, we're used to Iga and breadsticks. We're not used to seeing her get one. We're going to have a new U.S. Open Women's Champion this year. The top seed's out. Uh, the main thing is that she doesn't really like to play against big hitters. As I said, you mentioned uh, those three girls and me, and... Uh, 
She likes to have some time, and we, when uh, I play fast, aggressive, and powerful, uh, she's a little bit in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's the breakdown right <laughs> Uh, this one we had circled on the schedule, Chana. Coco Golf, Caroline Wozniacki in Cincinnati. Golf became the most recent teenager since Wozniacki to collect her fifth title on tour. Yeah, and we were looking forward to this being a battle, and it was. It was Golf who was able to take that first set, but Wozniacki never goes away. She's one of the best defenders out there, and this point was a bit of classic Woz. Getting to that extra shot, the winner. That time off the forehand side, it was a backhand battle at times. Wozniacki taking the second set. But golf was so impressive. Got down a break early at one love in the third. This was another pivotal moment where golf was able to turn the table, save the break point. She would win the last six games of this match. Remember her previous round against Merton? She won the last 10 games of that match. She is coming on strong when she needs to most, and that's another good sign in her game. First American team to make back-to-back -back quarters here since Serena. What did you think the turning point was in that third set after you lost the second? Uh, definitely uh, that 2-1, getting it to 2-1 uh, was the, the turning point. I mean, I got broken the first game, and I showed that I was still in the match after breaking back, and um, I started to, you know, go for my shots. I was still being aggressive. I think I made some mistakes in the first, uh, I mean, in the second, um, but Caroline, I mean, she's back, and it's like she's never left, and the level that she's played today is really amazing and she's been an inspiration for me growing up. Coco Goff has all the talent, all the speed, all the power, but what makes her special, in my opinion, is her ability to problem solve in real time. And that's what we saw in that third set, Paul. What'd you make of it? Yeah, she's amazing. I mean, you sh and then you listen to her. You know, you listen to the thoughtfulness, the humility, and the class for someone that young is pretty atypical. And her ability to problem solve in those moments is amazing. She's one of the best competitors out there. One of the things that I think... Uh, puts her apart as well as the great athleticism, the ability to come forward. And this is a really difficult match. She's playing someone that she's looked up to as she grew up playing. So really challenging. And the third set, I thought she played unbelievably well. So again, I, I believe all of our favorites for the tournament, she won again. And she's just fun to watch. It's a real pleasure. There's also a joy. I mean, she's very businesslike. We didn't talk about that. There was a moment where she uh, asked uh, one coach in particular, perhaps, to maybe maybe pipe down. She's got this thing under control. Uh, he had told her to make the match more physical. She basically said, I got it. But also, she really seems to be relishing the occasion. There's a real happiness. There's a really a lot of smiles. There's intensity. But also, you get the feeling she's appreciating this. And uh, that was a tough match yesterday. I think a deceptively tough match. You're, you're playing a, a returnee. You've never played her before. The, the crowd knows the sentiment story and she just took care of business yeah I think that's been really the story that we see in golf's game over and over again her ability to work through difficult situations with all of this pressure with all the attention on her you know stars coming out the president and first lady watching former president former first lady watching uh, and it's been tremendous to continue to see her grow the way that she has and she's still getting better I mean we have to kind of remember that but this is the moment and hopefully she can can capitalize and play her best tennis regardless of what happens but I was impressed with how she made adjustments in that match against Wozniacki she started coming in a little bit more getting inside the court 20 of 27 uh, points one at the net that was crucial especially in that third set and it was just the ability to lock in 
you call it dialed in. Steve. Dialed in, like Ben Shelton. I'll, I'll give it to you. Give, I don't want, I'm not going to give you the <laughs> gesture, <laughs> but I'm going to give you the sentiment. <laughs> but, I mean, she's been impressive in that fashion, and, and that is what it takes, you know, to get deep in these tournaments, and, and she's on track once again. Yeah, and, John, as you mentioned, like, Coach said to do one thing, Coco did the opposite, yeah, exactly. and, and it worked you. out just mm -hmm. fine for her. By the way, spare a thought for Caroline Wozniacki. Great comeback. Unbelievable yeah. effort. Yeah. Yeah. She said she's not going to play again this year, and she'll be back the start of next she year. She could change her uh, mind, though. She, she could, could pop in a tournament or two. Yeah, you never you know, know. pop in. Just, <laughs> just pop in. <laughs> just bounce in there. She's been terrific, though. Uh, let's, let's break down some matches today. we got Daniil Medvedev, Alex Dimonor. The Aussie has won their last two matchups. Paul, what do you think happens today? Yeah, this is a challenging one. Obviously, Medvedev hasn't felt that comfortable. It's very difficult to feel comfortable against Dimonor. Great mover, great counterpuncher. Three out of five sets, uh, this venue, this environment, um, lean in Medvedev. Leaning Medvedev. All right, uh, we got two good friends playing each other, Chanda. Madison Keys, Jesse Pagula. Jeff's so consistent, but if Maddie's on, there's really nothing you can do, like an Ostapenko. Um, what do you think is going to make the difference? You know, I think Madison Keys, the power in her game, if she can have the consistency that we've been seeing, and she's been playing terrific. She's been playing measured tennis. We're seeing more margin in her game. That's going to be key. I think that gives her an advantage against Pagula, but Pagula's so solid, so good, working through problems and difficult situations. This is going to be a good battle. Yeah, I think so, too. Some of this is about managing the occasion, but I just think steadiness and consistency goes so far for Jesse Pagula, who does so well handling pace as well. I think you're right. Madison's highest level is probably higher than Pagula's, but I, I think consistency might win the day. Yeah, it's about how well Madison manages the situation, right? Her power is going to dictate uh, what happens on the court and how accurate and how successful can she be under pressure because Jesse's going to make her hit a lot of extra balls. History would tell you that the great defender probably wins a match like this more times than not. So lean to Towards Pagula, but again, puncher's chance for Madison right. Keys. They played once before, only once before. They're about the same age. It was San Diego last year. Pagula won, but this is one we cannot wait to show you the highlights for tomorrow. And tomorrow, the three of four of us will be back with you once again at 9 a.m. Eastern, leading up to first ball action as the quarterfinals get underway at the U.S. Open. You can see 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. More TC Live after a quick break. Welcome back to TC Live. A reminder that the Tennis Shop, powered by Tennis Point, is the new online store featuring the latest apparel and equipment. Scan the QR code on your screen or visit TennisShop.com today to search a wide selection of brands and get the very same gear as your favorite pros. Steve Weisman, back with you in our U.S. Open studios, and I have some more love for college tennis. Florida's Ben Shelton is the first NCAA singles champion to reach the U.S. Open men's quarterfinals since John McEnroe. He also joins James Blake, John Isner, and Kevin Anderson as former college tennis players to reach the final eight this century. For a look at today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Good morning, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather Meteorologist Mike Lestimay. Here's today's U.S. Open forecast. It is going to be hot temperatures in the low 90s. Don't forget that you can always stream Fox Weather on your favorite connected TV device like Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1010, always on and always free. Coming up next, after a traumatic incident rocked his world, Eric Sage chose to rock out. The remarkable story of how an up-and-coming junior tennis player took off in the music scene.
just play tennis. You play tennis like a rock star. I am Eric Sage, and I teach tennis by day and travel the world performing rock concerts by night. music, I love tennis, I love being able to do both. One's an art form, one's a sport, but really, it's it's us getting to have that ultimate human experience. When you're on stage, just like in tennis where you get to let go. And you fly. His whole heart and soul is in everything that he does, and it shows on stage, it shows with his musicality. That kind of dedication to get to that certain level, that's a lot of hours vested, and that's why he's successful. That's why he tours all over the world and has great sellout shows and is a professional and he walks into the studio. <laughs> Taking it with from the uh, end of the second course. Into the nanas. Come on, push your hands up. Tennis has definitely transcended into him being a great leader. He's more than just the boss. He's our friend. It's been quite a journey, to be totally honest. I started playing tennis when I was very young, you know, five, six, and I trained and went to Boletaries in Florida and worked with Robert Lansdorff in LA and went on to plan the Pro Tour. And when I was about 23, I was in a passenger in a car accident. You kind of worked your whole life for this dream. And it ended very quickly. When you're dreaming of playing in Wimbledon and being in the finals and you're watching guys I used to train and play with, Pete Sampras and, and Lindsay Davenport, Michael Chang, and play guys like Ed Berg in tournaments, and then that's gone and you're watching TV and they're still there. And you're like, what am I going to do now? I've always loved going to concerts. And my buddy was next to me and I tapped him and I said, that's it, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a rock star. And the next morning I got up and got some karaoke stuff and literally went to work. It was like that. That was a moment in my life that changed everything. Get knocked down and we get back up Cause the stars and stripes are gonna wave today So I just spent the next 15 years studying music. And to pay for those studies, I taught tennis during the day. That's the concept right there. That was beautiful, brother. With teaching, the most rewarding thing is watching your students grow. It's a sport where it takes a lot of technique, but it's incredibly rewarding. I got to coach my daughter, and that's one of my greatest accomplishments in my life. I have an amazing, beautiful wife, and she's very supportive. We were born in the USA, homegrown American made. I want my songs to touch people, but I also want them to feel like we can come together. Just feel the, the power that music can bring or an incredible tennis match. If you stick with it, this is going to be with you for the rest of your life. And that's what I preach today. I say, look, it can be done. I don't care how old you are. And you don't have to become a professional, but you can become greater than you could ever have dreamt of. You have to believe and you have to keep fighting. And don't listen to what people say. Trust your gut. Trust your heart. We are all in this together. 
and there's future generations that we have to take care of right now. How cool is that? Eric Sage rocking out. By the way, like, athletes want to be rock stars. Rock stars want to be athletes. I've played in a celebrity event with, with Gavin Rossdale of Bush. Loves tennis. Plays all the time. James Valentine, the who, who part of Maroon 5, big tennis fan. Yannick Noah, now a rock star. Uh, what you make of this it's story? It's very rare that you get to see the actuality of most athletes want to be rock stars and most rock stars want to be athletes. Right. So he's really got to live the dream twice, right? Yeah. So it's a n nice story. So it's really good to see. Yeah, I love the line when he said, you got to trust yourself, trust your heart. I mean, that's true in anything, anything that you want to do, anything that you have dreams of doing and, and getting to a certain level. And it's kind of cool. That part segues from tennis to rock and back again. We're going to have a combined rock star ranking. I mean, as, as the one with the Eric Sage playlist under Spotify, what, what would you say? I mean, who, who I, I got to put Yannick Noah up and he's a, at he's number a one. rock star. Yeah. This guy's selling. I mean, pe people don't know he had a selling tennis career. Out. Never exactly. mind. Exactly. That's the crazy <laughs> but part. We were gonna, yeah, we've seen John yeah. McEnroe play guitar, and we've we've Brian seen Brothers. some uh, and Brian Brothers. Mm -hmm. Brian Brothers have been really good. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we've seen the reverse as well, right? I mean, you know, Seal is someone we've we've seen with a tennis. Right. We were gonna do a combined music mm -hmm. tennis ranking. What? Uh, who's your number one? Got to go. Put you on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, I've been to one of those concerts, and it was. Crazy. Incredible. And literally, yeah. people did not realize he played tennis. He played tennis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, actually, he played that first. You know, he was like really He's good. He's pretty good at tennis, too. <laughs> so it's amazing. All right. Sage, I put him one. Noah here. one, Sage two. What do you think? I haven't heard enough of All right. Eric you forgot Sage. about Dennis Shapovalov and his burgeoning rap career. Stop it. Night train. Quarantine Mute. Night train. Stop it. Stop it. Sweetie Kayani is by the way, has, has some tracks. Yeah, is that right? She does, yeah. Yeah. Hip hop? Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's top 40, I would say. All right. You know, oh. Isn't Mark Petty a rock star, too? Oh, wait. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Coming up, he will talk Djokovic, Alcaraz, and uh, Anacone, I think. to TC Live on Labor Day in New York City. Spots in the quarterfinals on the line today at the U.S. Open. And the lineup is stacked on Arthur Ashe, starting with Jesse Pagula and Madison Keys, followed by returning men's champ Carlos Alcaraz. In the night session, Arena Savalenka, the new number one, faces her first-seeded opponent in Daria Kazatkina, with Alexander Zverev and Yannick Sinner closing out the action. Then over on Louis Armstrong, former NCAA champ Peyton Stearns takes on Wimbledon champion Marketa Vondrosova in a rematch from the All-England Club. Then it's Andre Rublev and Jack Draper, followed by Al Jabur. And Daniil Medvedev faces Alex Dimonor for the second time in three weeks. We now welcome in our good friend and colleague, Mark Pecci, who joins us on this Monday. It is great to see you, Pecci. How are you doing? I'm great, Steve. Hey, Paul, how's you? Congrats on Taylor. Thank you. Thank you, Pecci. We miss you. We've got to get you over here soon. It's been too long. Looks like America's doing very well without me at this tournament. <laughs> I just I just want to know, are you, like, bored? What, what's the photos I saw going on behind you? You must be bored or insomnia. I just saw, like, glimpses of the old Paul Anacone back there. Yeah, well, Tennis Channel, of course, on YouTube, and I was just flicking through a bit of YouTube footage, Paul, and I came across you 
1986 playing against uh, Johnny Mack. I think uh, I think it's just gone off for the moment here. It's interesting that a flu commercial came on right after that, an illness commercial. I'm not going to read too much into that, but that, that's another story. There you are. You're back. You're back on with me. It's been good afternoon watching you. <laughs> Pedge, a lot, a lot of big stories halfway through the U.S. Open so far. Uh, let, let's start with Novak Djokovic, still on track for his fourth U.S. Open title, yep. 24th major singles title overall. How has he looked to you? I, I mean, I think he's he's battled before, hasn't he, to get through Grand Slams. He's um, somebody that hasn't been able to win one without dropping a set. And obviously, from that point of view, you know, he knows that he's going to go through some some battles. I thought Jerry uh, the other day pushed him extremely hard. And those are the kind of matches it we've seen for Novak that just gets him in the kind of mindset that allows him to deliver at the back end of tournaments when he needs his best tennis. It's been so much fun to watch Novak kind of evolve through his career, and he's had so many different challenges. Now he has another one with Carlos Alcaraz, right? We see this young superstar on the horizon. What are the different kind of matchup things that you think Novak now has to deal with this, with this upstart superstar? I, I think one of the things is the physicality and the movement pull from the back of the court. I think that's the most remarkable thing about Carlos in terms of just how how young he is and just how well he has performed on the big stage. I mean, when you look at his career win-loss percentage at the majors for somebody so young, um, under 21, he is right in the mix with some of the game's greatest ever players. Let's just take a look at this. I mean, we talk about Bjorn Borg, Paul and Steve, in terms of just sort of, uh, you know, mythical kind of standards, along with Rafael Nadal, but Carlos has inserted himself between Matt, Rafa and Boris, people that when they burst onto the scene were supernovas. They took the game by storm. We realized that we were witnessing something different. So when you see those kind of numbers and that type of percentage, obviously from, from Novak's point of view, he knows that this is something different. And it's just the firepower off the ground from uh, Carlos hitting his backhand harder than his forehand in this tournament. We get seduced by that forehand, but his backhand has had more pace through this stage of the tournament so far. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to watch him evolve to the different kind of players he's had to play. Faced one of your Brits yesterday or uh, day before yesterday against Dan Evans, who's yeah. a great variation player, and he was able to take the variation, get to offense. Different story today with, with Jack Draper, big lefty server, and so great to see Jack back playing some big power tennis. What does Jack need to do against someone like Carlos to uh, create problems for a guy like Alcaraz if he were happen to get past Rublev? Just the style matchup thing. Yeah, I mean, look, I think seeing Jack come into this tournament with zero momentum, really, because of the shoulder problem that he picked up and to do the things that he's managed to do here in New York speaks volumes for him as a competitor. Take away the obvious assets, Paul, that we've seen in terms of Jack's tennis. The fact that he's come in here um, without any kind of real uh, sort of uh, form, so to speak, um, is just amazing. I think the biggest challenge for him today um, is obviously where he sits physically after getting through to the round of 16. That would be my biggest concern, not from a tennis point of view. I think he probably has enough against Rublev, who he's lost to a couple of times before, but I think he will be feeling the effects. Thankfully, I know his shoulder is 100% fine going into this match against Rublev because the serve's going to be key. 
I mean, if he moves like Anacone behind you, Patch, he's going to have some, <laughs> so some real success. Serving volleys, I've got this on four times speed as well. I put it on four times speed as <laughs> well. I didn't want to embarrass Paul. <laughs> Only four. That's amazing. Listen, I want to ask you about the life in a fishbowl kind of thing for, for Jack Draper. We saw, I lived it with Tim when I coached Henman back in the day. Andy's went through it. We see what's yeah. going on with Emma. What is Jack dealing with in terms of the perception from the public? We've been talking about him for a few years and now struggling with some injuries. Is there a little bit of that life in a microscope for him that maybe is a little bit of an effect? Yeah, listen, I don't think it's any secret that Jack hasn't loved traveling at this stage of his career. I think he's uh, I think he's overcome that particular kind of deficit. I think that he understands that it is part of his life. It's also become a little bit easier, Paul, because obviously he's on the main tour. Uh, without the injuries, you can schedule uh, a little bit better. You don't have to be away quite as long, perhaps, as he had to be in the past. So I think that's number one. In terms of the... Uh, uh, in terms of the microscope, it's still very much on Andy, particularly while Emma's away. Um, she's obviously hoping to come back at, at some stage, probably in the new year. But it, the, the focus here in the UK, when Andy plays, is all about Andy. Even here at the US Open, obviously coming in with Cam and Dan and everything else, it was very much about Andy. So Jack at the moment can be thankful for Andy because he is somewhat flying under the radar in terms of the press here. It's all going to change because as you've two sitting in the studio know Jack Draper is going to be a top 15 player without the injuries as long as his body holds up probably top 10 so that is going to change and that is something he's going to deal with but to be honest he's a pretty down-to-earth guy that doesn't really get sort of caught up in all of that stuff and I think that he's going to be absolutely fine my biggest concern would be the weather today uh, real quick, before we let you go, Patch, the big story, Iga Sviantec losing. There's going to be a new women's champion, new world number one. Who is your pick on the women's side to win? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it kind of blows things open. It gives Coco a, a great run. That's going to be a, a big challenge against Ostapenko, who was uh, playing some lights out tennis. I, I, I kind of feel that it's Sabalenka's to, to lose at this stage when you look at how close she's been in, in so many majors, got across the line in Australia, but so many semi-final defeats from a set. There may be a bit of scar tissue there, but the fact that she's uh, climbed to the summit of the women's game and that pressure is off, I like her chances. All right. Always good to see you, Patch. Hopefully uh, we'll see you stateside. I hope to see you soon. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, Paul. All right, take care. Mark Petsy doing a fantastic job breaking down this year's U.S. Open. A reminder, we are leading you up to first ball in New York. USOpen.org is your online home for point-by-point -point live scoring, highlights, real-time stats, and draws. Visit the official tournament site at USOpen.org today. Much more after a quick break. Chanda, John, Paul, Steve, back with you on TC Live. It is time for our TennisPoint.com gear spotlight. And check out this pair of Nike Court Air Zoom Vapor 9.5s. These men's tennis shoes have a snug midfoot fit, breathable materials with air zoom cushioning and lightweight foam midsole. They have extra lateral support and a durable rubber outsole with multi-surface traction. These shoes offer both comfort and performance. That's what you're looking for. So shop now with this QR code or at tennispoint.com for the Nike Court Air Zoom Vapor 9.5s. You like the color, Shannon? I do. I a do. limited edition, too. I mean worth picking up. Are they limited edition? That's it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, look who's coming to town. Ooh. Carolina Mukhova. She's got her Uber Eats. What, what is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring it in. Doesn't like the food in the player lounge.
That may not even be food, by the way, for all we know. But it looks like she threw it away. Oh, yeah, she's she's like, actually, I like the food in the lounge, and I don't want this anymore. Uh, She's coming in today because she had a great match yesterday, looking to reach the quarterfinals channel for the first time against Wang Jingyu. Jingyu has had a terrific tournament, became a doubles champion, Grand Slam doubles champion, and is doing it on the singles court as well. But it was Mukova in the first set. Just had all the answers, had just enough variety. She could hit with firepower from the ground, took that first set 6-3, and was actually a couple of points from winning the match on Wong's serve at love 30. But Wong, incredible comeback, turned things around. She never gave up, and it was a credit to Mukova that she was able to reset beginning of this third set. Not panic, not get too far ahead of herself, just got back to doing what had worked. Off the ground, opening up the court, just enough volleys at the net. A very nice, comprehensive match at the very end. Kaya started the year ranked 151 in the world, now in the top 10, runner-up in Paris, and quarterfinal in New York. Incredible. So who will she face in the final eight? Serana Kirstea, Belinda Bencic, meeting for the second straight year at the Open, John. And Chanda's been saying all tournaments, don't sleep on Serana. Exactly. Have Good been pick again, Chanda. Uh, how much do you Bencic? <laughs> Uh, Serrano Cristeo, she reached her first major quarterfinal, I just looked at 2008, so uh, she's been getting it done for 15 years, solid veteran player. Benchich won their encounter last year, uh, yesterday, very different story, a flat Belinda Benchich, and uh, adding insult to injury, she went down there, she was... Well, rolled that right ankle a little bit. She was okay, but that was the least of her problems. 47 unforced errors in 18 games. That's not going to get it done. And first day, it was very solid. Served well, returned well, broke. Pretty easy match. Not just uh, advancing, but doing so. Three and three into another I did say don't sleep on Kirstea's returns. <laughs> Take credit. I did say that. Take credit. Be not to pay. She's the oldest first-time U.S. Open quarterfinalist. Paul, what do you make of the draw? I, 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 I got to say, I was really looking forward to Igor Fiontek Coco in the quarters, mm, but now I got to get rejuvenated for Ostapenko's firepower and Coco. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Uh, Ostapenko have much of a chance? I would go uh, between four and a half and five and a half percent. What? Wow. Percent? Very, yeah. very specific. Yeah. As well. Ooh, that, you don't a, give her any wild. more than that. You guys are really you giving. You guys are giving the world. <laughs> you guys are giving me the My evil. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a bold. Goal. That's a bold call. Right. the Grand Slam doubles champ. We got doubles action on the way. Plus, uh, how will knowing she's number one affect Arena Sabalenka when she takes the court against Daria Kazakina? And the Minister of Happiness was made for our warm and fuzzy segment. Don't miss Ojebur with Michael Costa. Who's coming in? Uh, none other than Alicia Parks. In the mixed doubles, playing with Sophie Chang, looking to make the quarterfinals here at the U.S. Open. Played all three disciplines this year in New York, and look at all those American flags, Chanda. That's what you like to see, Steve, especially at the U.S. Open, and these are what, third round matches, looking to get into some quarterfinals. This is where the rubber meets the road. Third round slash round of 16. Yeah. Big opportunities. Big opportunities. Americans in action. So we're going double style. 
Uh, Paul, we begin with the two-time defending champs, Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury, going for the three-peat, Kobe Stottis, facing yeah. Matthew McDonald, Andreas Meeks. That's a, that's a tough task, three times in a row for these guys, but they played so terrific here in New York, but for Mackie McDonald and Meese, nice job in the second set after losing 6-3 in the first. Mackie comes up with the big pass to split sets, but third, third set goes for the doubles veteran. Really nice job picking and choosing their times. Watch how they move as a team together. Really good effort, and Salisbury's one of the better volleyers. Nice, solid backhand volley here. Then look at the field volley. Mackie would have gotten that no problem. Nice, not aware that he's playing with speedy Mackie McDonald on that one. But a nice job from Ram and Salisbury to rebound in the third set. And their dream of a three-peat lives on, Steve. Yeah, it does. Ram and Salisbury, they've won the Aussie Open together twice at the U.S. Open. And they are into the final eight. What do you like about this draw, John? Yeah, uh, Raj, I don't think, was feeling particularly well in week one, but good to see uh, he seemed to have recovered because that was a nice win yesterday, and now only three more matches to go. All right, let's take a look at some women's action. Taylor Townsend, top-ranked American women's doubles player of the world, always so entertaining on court with Layla Fernandez, Team Taylor, and it was tea time, Chanda, against Pliskova and Vekic. And that point there was on set point for Pliskova and Vekic. <laughs> yes, kiss the racket. You need that those is. rackets. That, I think it should be a hot shot, even though we don't have one in the show today. And you look at Townsend, often she has the hot shots, especially up at the net. They were able to take that first set in a tie break, and that was big. Gave them so much additional confidence. Layla Fernandez backing her up there. Donna Vekage, they had some moments, some terrific rallies between both teams. A lot of quick fire play up at the net, but again, Townsend coaching. So confident up there, beautiful hands. And she allows so many things to happen with whoever she's playing with. Another terrific win. Townsend into another major quarterfinal along with Leila Fernandez. Oh, oh don't flex on him, Tay. <laughs> I am here for all of that big Tay energy. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's take a look at the quarterfinals on the women's side. And, you know, the top seeds are out. So big opportunity, last year's champs. Yeah, that's the section uh, that Fernandez and Townsend are yeah. in, where Krejcikova and Siniakova lost early, so lots of opportunity. But two checks lose. Look at the top line. Two other checks. The reigning Wimbledon singles champion and Streetsova playing her last match. That's after having won Wimbledon with a different partner. Go figure. Uh, so a lot of intrigue left on the women's doubles draw, not least from the checks. All right, how about some mixed action? Tay-Tay wasn't done, teaming up with Ben Shelton. They look like they could win the whole thing, John. Yeah, I would go so far as to say, how would you beat this team, lefty on lefty? Keep in mind, this is a few hours after the biggest singles win of Ben Shelton's career, getting to the quarterfinals on Arthur Ashe, and, uh, you know, high grade, get back out there and play with Taylor Townsend. A lot of fun here, a lot of lefty-lefty. I, I mean, objectively, can anyone beat this team? Good entertainment value, good tennis value as well. Uh, yesterday, it was against Coconut and Sujati, uh, but this looks like a formality because this team, again, they've got power, they've got net skills, they've got energy, they've got the crowd behind them. This was a lot of fun yesterday. Taylor Townsend, what a revelation from, uh, from this. Gosh. Chanda, what the, yeah, exactly. We are dialed in, Chanda. And he hung up the phone. I'm trying to understand. What does it all mean? 
What is it about me? What's the hang up? Uh oh, we're not done. We're not done. Shimmy, shimmy. Like, how fun are they? How fun are they? They're not losing, are they? No. Not, no, none of these there. teams. Yeah, nothing on them. Come on. <laughs> How full is Jesse Pagula's plate, guys? I mean, yeah. she's playing a lot of tennis and playing it well. Quarterfinals she's in the mix. She's got women's doubles. She's got singles. She has got a full plate. We, we talk about the, the, the three-peat. Right? right? Yeah. Week, That's week, what she's uh, going for, like, legit, legit. Week, week two for all three events. That's, that's a strong yes. effort. We haven't seen a three-peat in a while, have we? No. What, uh, Martina? Martina Hingis, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Was that one of the last? Oh, I thought the other. I thought our Martina. Well, she, she did it like 88 oh. times. Yeah, right, but. right. <laughs> that, would be an, that would be an achievement for Jesse. Good for her. Uh, how about Taylor Townsend, though? Listen, uh, her and her and Ben Chong is a team. You got one guy dropping 149 mile an hour bombs, and then you got Taylor just like picking off everything hands. in the net. Oh, so, so much fun, and you know it's always a challenge playing two lefty players. I mean, and Townsend, she's doing it in singles, excuse me, in doubles and mixed doubles, playing with Layla Fernandez as a lefty, and with Ben Shelton as well. Where do you go to? I mean, you say up the middle against the team, but that doesn't work with the two of them. You try to drop it short. You try to go to their feet. It's just such a difficult team to get the ball passed and around, and they have fun. What is that? What is that ritual? What is that? Tell the old guy. No, that's just is that like, specific. That, that'd be like me, like uh, Paul. Like, dance, do your thing. Okay, dance. it's your, it's your uh -huh. turn. The dance. floor is yours. Well, that's our next know? segment. Next okay. segment. <laughs> dance. <laughs> Don't give away our secrets on set, Steve. Over the weekend, we're precautious uh, here. Oh that, uh, that may happen, right? <laughs> May it. He's still hmm. waiting for push-ups okay. for time, so we'll see. We'll break down all the big matches today. John uh, is going to tell you about a potential merger between the ATP and the WTA. All that and more coming up. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. Thank you so much for joining us on this holiday weekend. There is a big report in the Telegraph that the ATP and WTA will meet in London later this month to discuss a potential merger, the two tours combining. For more on this topic, I am joined by John Wertheim, our crack reporter. You have been all over all of these big subjects in the tennis world. Uh, what more can you tell us? Yeah, this is reporting from Simon Briggs at after the U.S. Open, there'll be merger talks. What does that mean? Well, that's, that's always a big question. This is obviously come up before. I think there is an acknowledgement that tennis tends to have its strongest product when the men and women play together. But as always, what does this look like? Does it mean equal prize money? Does it mean shared revenues? I think the other thing to keep in mind, Steve, is all of this is going on as the, the, the Saudis and their considerable wealth have uh, made it clear they would like to join tennis. So is this a play to include Saudi Arabia and for both tours to avail themselves of some of that money? Or is this a play of defense? How are we going to come together to avoid what happened in golf, which is there, there was a separate rival tour which threw the sport into chaos. So we'll, we'll see. It's a good. I think it's a good sign, though, overall. It's just about the details. This is something, John, that's been discussed since yeah. the pandemic. Uh, how would this help? Do you think the ATP, how would it help the WTA? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about details and deal terms. And what will this look like? And I think the, the key is going to be convincing the ATP that equality is something that may cost you a few dollars in the short term. Your product's worth more. And yet, if you can go to market as this joint entity, if you can say, and enough with sort of Rome's here, and yet 
10 days later, the tour goes here, and we have different marketing. If you could just consolidate everything, make tennis more efficient, I think that helps both tours. All right. For the very latest, as always, check out tennis.com. We will keep you updated on this story. Potentially, if the two tours merge, maybe they would have a minister of happiness. Ange Bernal with Michael Costa <laughs> in our warm and fuzzy segment. Okay, can we get some soft music, please? That's great. Thank you very much, Bonka. Thank you, Diana. Like in a dream. Right? Yeah. Can we have this on a tennis match? Like You want this behind you in a yes, changeover? Please. There's the skill that we're talking about. Yeah. That would be very helpful. Michael Costa's great work on these warm and fuzzy segments at TennisChannel.com. Coming up next, we'll get you ready for this second Monday in New York with all the big highlights and match previews. Keep it close. Steve back on TC Live leading up to first ball on this Labor Day in New York City. Just relax and watch the tennis. Novak Djokovic coming off a comeback from two sets down. Facing the man who hadn't dropped a set since qualifying for the main draw, John. Yeah, remember Novak had that five-setter in his previous match. This was much more familiar. This is nighttime Novak. Every night session is played. Uh, this is against Borogojo from Croatia, former Wake Forest player. And this was Novak playing Novak tennis. Uh, a couple of breaks there against a very nice server. Only 12 unforced errors the entire match for Novak. Uh, I, I thought Gojo played pretty well in this match and made him work a little. Uh, one, one to share service games, but ultimately Novak was looking like the three-time champion that he is. Much more straightforward, two sets to love lead. Again, you know, that was a set away from defeat his previous match. You never would have known it. Uh, at the feeling that window is closed. Nice play at the net right there. 12 aces for Novak, only 14 for Gojo. So serving uh, commensurate with one of the best servers, tried to hit the ball out of the stadium, didn't do it. That was about the only thing he didn't do well yesterday. Nice comprehensive win into week two. 57th Grand Slam quarterfinal and 37th win in a night match in New York. That sets an open record. He'll play the winner of this one between Taylor Fritz and Dominic Stricker. Fritz hadn't dropped a set all tournament, Paul, and was barely losing games. Yep, he uh, got broken when he served for the first set. Stricker showing us why his talent has gotten him to the round of 16. Beautiful lefty serve. A lot of racket talent this kid has. Getting through the qualifying where he had to fend off match points in the second round and also a huge win over Pass in five sets. Look, this guy's a terrific talent. I'll be so shocked if he's not in the top 50 in a heartbeat. Has a great lefty serve, a deceptive mover, big forehand. Taylor did a great job. This is one of these matches if you're Taylor Fritz that you put a ton of pressure on yourself because you are supposed to win and you're supposed to get to the quarterfinals. Did a great job staying with the game plan. Michael Russell, again, just hitting all the boxes just the right way with his player, telling him what to do in big moments. And right there, that two-handed back end seals the deal. That is a terrific effort for Taylor Fritz. Makes the last eight club in New York. 45 years after his mom, Kathy May did the same thing. I knew it was going to be tough. He 
he's beaten a lot of good players this week, and yeah, I mean that was that was a battle. That was a really uh, physical, tight three sets that kind of just came down to a couple points here and there. He was serving really well, and uh, I just kind of came through on a lot of big points where I needed it, and uh, yeah, super pumped to be in the quarters. All right, first-time quarterfinalist in New York, Taylor Fritz. He's got Novak Djokovic next. 0 for 7 against Novak Djokovic, including that 6-love, six 6-4 six loss just a couple weeks ago. So how does Taylor Fritz figure out a way to get past the world number one? Yeah, you got to ask his coach right here, Steve. He'll, he'll chime in in a moment. I'm waiting Okay. I'm waiting for Michael Russell. I mean, we're all Michael Russell fans, yeah. but what, what's your game plan? No, no, look, he, he's played some tough matches with Novak, too. Five sets in Australia. Did a really nice job at the ATP Finals last year. A couple tie breaks. So he's been right there, but as we all know, Novak Djokovic isn't uh, the most accomplished player in the men's game for no reason. I mean, he's great in big moments. You have to find ways to be comfortable being outside of your comfort zone. Taylor's going to have to serve well. He's going to have to find ways to put some pressure on Novak's second serve. The biggest question is, how the heck do you do it over three to five sets? And that's what every male player has to figure out against Novak. That's a challenge. Yeah, and I think, you know, as a player, the first thing you want to do is try to build a little bit of belief in a match like this one. So that's getting on the board early. That's going toe-to-toe -to -toe in the first set down the stretch, maybe trying to get that first set if you can't under your belt, and then it's a match. Then you've got something to work with and maybe allow for something a little more special to happen during the course um, of that match. But he's definitely got how to serve well. I mean, that's a, a key. That's a given. And I think also take some chances on returns. Maybe try to get in a little bit more. Try to just push the envelope, especially in those moments where he's held serve and he can take a little more risk. But, you know, it's a comprehensive effort that it takes to beat a Novak Djokovic three out of five sets. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, mm -hmm. how Fritz handles it because he's been playing so well so far. Four matches, Taylor Fritz has won. He's played, you know, his old, his old buddy, Stevie Johnson. He's had a teenager. He had a, a qualifier yesterday in Stricker. Blessing or curse that he's going from four opponents, you know, outside the top 75 to suddenly the most accomplished player ever? Blessing for me. I mean, whenever you can get into the quarters and not have lost a set, for me, it's always a blessing. Does he believe? Does he believe? He, he does. does. I mean, Taylor, to me, is... The best uh, there is out there in terms of that young group mentally. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he is a very exceptional uh, mental and emotional player in terms of managing situations. Now he's got to figure out how to execute all the strategic and physical stuff. And look, you know, uh, it, it's one of these things. It's not just Taylor's problem. It's a men's tour problem. And that's what we've seen for the last decade and a half from Novak Djokovic. So there'll be a lot of good conversations with him and with Mike Russell. And, and they'll figure out how to go out there and, and come up with a good game plan. To me, for any young player in this situation, you better have a great time. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to play on Arthur Ashe Stadium with nothing to lose, everything to gain. It is going to be packed. It is going to be fun. You've got to embrace this and enjoy it and play every point. And the crowd will be behind him, no doubt. Uh, Novak Djokovic is going to have to go through two Americans if he wants to make it back to the final. This is why Francis Tiafo feeling those New York tones again, trying to reach the quarters for the second straight year. Chanda facing former North Carolina star Ricky Hijikata. Yeah, it's another one of those matches where Francis Tiafo was expected to win. All the pressure on him, this is a prime opportunity. But you've got to get past a game opponent who's been playing some terrific tennis. And Hijikata gave Tiafo everything he could. But Francis had the answers. The backhand was firing. The serve was incredible from the start of that this match of his 27 winners. 
15 of them were aces for Tiafo. He ran away with the second set, and that helped him settle even more into this rhythm, finding the backhand line there. He kind of tried to throw some different looks at Tiafo, came in, tried to push forward, but Tiafo just had all the answers. In the end, the miss from Hijikata and another quarterfinal for Francis Tiafo. First American man to reach back-to-back -back U.S. Open quarterfinals since Andy Roddick. And speaking of our friend Andy, Ben Shelton could become the youngest American to reach the quarters here since Roddick. He brought some big serves against Tommy Paul. He sure did. And, and look, this is a, a tremendous rebound for Ben Shelton after losing a tough one in Australia to Tommy Paul. Started off playing some great tennis, brings the passion and emotion as he always does. I felt like Tommy was a little choppy the first couple of sets, and maybe that's some self-imposed pressure, right? He's the older American, the higher-ranked American, supposed to win this match. He's down 6'4", 6'3", and that ace at 149 miles an hour made it close to becoming 6'4", 6'3", 4'1". And yes, folks, we have to show that to you again. That is 149 miles an hour. Do that twice in one game. Wow. Yeah. How about Tommy Paul, though, guys, coming back from 4-1 in the third? This is what I mean about his emotional maturity. Brad Stein and he doing a great job to make this a match. He got back into it. Give Ben Shelton some incredible credit. This kid did not flicker after being up 6-4, 6-3, Did a terrific job taking care of his serve in the fourth set. Got the one opportunity at the end. Had one break point earlier in the fourth set. Couldn't convert. But this is a great effort for Ben Shelton. Just a lot of firepower. And yes, you can see that passion. Flexing on him. Second major quarterfinal of the year. So out of this section, Either Novak Djokovic will go for his 24th major title, or some American will have a chance to get the country's first men's Grand Slam singles title since Andy Roddick. Three U.S. flags there, guys. How cool is that? Huh? Novak, Novak versus the Americans. But I think you're right, Steve. I mean, we're going to have a, a finalist for the first time since Roddick if Novak doesn't emerge. History either way. We love that. Uh, still to come, the generational clash between Coco Golf and Caroline Wozniacki lived up to all the hype. Highlights and reaction straight ahead. Welcome back. The weather does not look great in New York. A reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and much more. It is available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Well, check this out. Elena Ostapenko hooked up one of her fans named Jonah with tickets to her match last night. He DM'd her on Instagram, and she responded, send me your email, your first and last name. I mean, how cool is that? That is so great. Maybe there'd be some tennis karma that would carry through. Right? Uh, okay. It's good for her, though. It's a good effort. Social media can be a cesspool, but also a beautiful place to <laughs> uh, So with Jonah cheering on in the stands, could Ostapenko, John, stay perfect? and become the first player to get four wins against Davis Fiance. Yeah, big test for both of us. We were talking about how much we should read into that head-to-head. -head. It was a long time ago. wasn't uh, at majors, but uh, you know what? Maybe there was something to the data after all. Iga won the first set. Looked very good. And then all of a sudden, Ostapenko as chaos agent uh, came to play. Served really well. Seven aces. Some of this is stories about her, and some of it is a strange retreat from, uh, from Iga. Just the last set, the errors came fast and furious. Not a long match. That third set went away in a hurry, but credit off to Panko. You look at the timing right there, and when she is on, she's really tough to beat, as she is herself, we'll say. 
her level's quite good, and she uh, she brings it to bear. Um, <laughs> not a lot. Look at that. The interesting celebration. I thought a very cold handshake, as tends to be the case. Uh, we were used to Ega and breadsticks. We're not used to seeing her get one. We're going to have an AUS Open Women's Champion this year. Top seeds out. Uh, the main thing is that she doesn't really like to play against big hitters. As I said, you mentioned uh, those three girls and me. And uh, she likes to have some time. And we, when uh, I play fast, aggressive, and powerful, uh, she's a little bit in trouble. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the breakdown right here. <laughs> Our own uh, this one we had circled on the schedule, Chad. Coco Golf, Caroline Wozniacki in Cincinnati. Golf became the most recent teenager since Wozniacki. Collect your fifth title on tour. Yeah, and we were looking forward to this being a battle, and it was. It was Golf who was able to take that first set, but Wozniacki never goes away. She's one of the best defenders out there, and this point was a bit of classic Woz. Getting to that extra shot, the winner. That time off the forehand side, it was a backhand battle at times. Wozniacki taking the second set. But golf was so impressive. Got down a break early at one love in the third. This was another pivotal moment where golf was able to turn the table, save the break point. She would win the last six games of this match. Remember her previous round against Merton? She won the last ten games of that match. She is coming on strong when she needs to most, and that's another good sign in her game. First American team to make back-to-back -back quarters here since Serena. What did you think the turning point was in that third set after you lost the second? Uh, definitely uh, that 2-1, getting it to 2-1 uh, was the, the turning point. I mean, I got broken the first game, and I showed that I was still in the match after breaking back, and um, I started to, you know, go for my shots. I was still being aggressive. I think I made some mistakes in the first, uh, I mean, in the second, um, but Caroline, I mean, she's back, and it's like she's never left, and the level that she's played today is really amazing and she's been an inspiration for me growing up. Coco Goff has all the talent, all the speed, all the power, but what makes her special, in my opinion, is her ability to problem solve in real time. And that's what we saw in that third set, Paul. What'd you make of it? Yeah, she's amazing. I mean, you sh and then you listen to her. You know, you listen to the thoughtfulness, the humility, and the class for someone that young is pretty atypical. And her ability to problem solve in those moments is amazing. She's one of the best competitors out there. One of the things that I think... Uh, puts her apart as well as the great athleticism, the ability to come forward. And this is a really difficult match. She's playing someone that she's looked up to as she grew up playing. So really challenging. And the third set, I thought she played unbelievably well. So again, I, I believe all of our favorites for the tournament, she won again. And she's just fun to watch. It's a real pleasure. There's also a joy. I mean, she's very businesslike. We didn't talk about that. There was a moment where she uh, asked uh, one coach in particular, perhaps, to maybe maybe pipe down. She's got this thing under control. Uh, he had told her to make the match more physical. She basically said, I got it. But also, she really seems to be relishing the occasion. There's a real happiness. There's a really a lot of smiles. There's intensity. But also, you get the feeling she's appreciating this. And uh, that was a tough match yesterday. I think a deceptively tough match. You're, you're playing a, a returnee. You've never played her before. The, the crowd knows the sentiment. Mental story. 
and she just took care of business. Yeah, I think that's been really the story that we see in golf's game over and over again. Her ability to work through difficult situations with all of this pressure, with all the attention on her, you know, stars coming out, the president and first lady watching, former president, former first lady watching. Uh, and it's been tremendous to continue to see her grow the way that she has. And she's still getting better. I mean, we have to kind of remember that. But this is the moment, and hopefully she can capitalize and play her best tennis, regardless of what happens. But I was impressed with how she made adjustments in that match against Wozniacki. She started coming in a little bit more, getting inside the court, 20 of 27 points won at the net. That was crucial, especially in that third set. And it was just the ability to lock in you call it dialed in. So dialed in like I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll, I don't want, I'm not going to give you the <laughs> gesture, but I'm going to give you the sentiment. But, I mean, she's been impressive in that fashion, and, and that is what it takes, you know, to get deep in these tournaments, and, and she's on track once again. Yeah, and, John, as you mentioned, like, Coach said to do one thing, Coco did the opposite, yeah, exactly. and, and it worked out just fine for her. By the way, spare thought for Caroline Wozniacki. Great comeback. Unbelievable effort. Yeah. Yeah. She said she's not going to play again this year, and she'll be back the start of next she year. She could change her right. mind, though. She, she could pop in a tournament or two. Yeah, you never you know. know. Pop in. Just, <laughs> just pop in. Just bounce in there. She's been terrific, though. Uh, let's, let's break down some matches today. we got Daniil Medvedev, Alex Dimonor. The Aussie has won their last two matchups. Paul, what do you think happens today? Yeah, this is a challenging one. Obviously, Medvedev hasn't felt that comfortable. It's very difficult to feel comfortable against Dimonor. Great mover, great counterpuncher. Three out of five sets, uh, this venue, this environment, um, lean in Medvedev. Leaning Medvedev. All right, uh, we got two good friends playing each other, Chanda. Madison Keys, Jesse Pagula. Jess, so consistent, but if Maddie's on, there's really nothing you can do, like an Ostapenko. Um, what do you think is going to make the difference? You know, I think Madison Keys, the power in her game, if she can have the consistency that we've been seeing, and she's been playing terrific. She's been playing measured tennis. We're seeing more margin in her game. That's going to be key. I think that gives her an advantage against Pagula, but Pagula so solid, so good, working through problems and difficult situations. This is going to be a good battle. Yeah, I think so, too. Some of this is about managing the occasion, but I just think steadiness and consistency goes so far for Jesse Pagula, who does so well handling pace as well. I think you're right. Madison's highest level is probably higher than Pagula's, but I, I think consistency might win the day. Yeah, it's about how well Madison manages the situation, right? Her power is going to dictate uh, what happens on the court and how accurate and how successful can she be under pressure because Jesse's going to make her hit a lot of extra balls. History would tell you that the great defender probably wins a match like this more times than not. So lean towards Pagula, but again, puncher's chance for Madison Keys. They played once before, only once before. They're about the same age of San Diego last year. Pagula won, but this is one we cannot wait to show you the highlights for tomorrow. And tomorrow, the three of, four of us will be back with you once again at 9 a.m. Eastern, leading up to first ball action as the quarterfinals get underway at the U.S. Open. You can see 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. More TC Live after a quick break. Uh, we are getting close to first ball. Who's going to make the quarterfinals? Al Jabir, runner-up last year, has made three of the last five major finals, has fought super hard this fortnight. Looking forward to see her in action today. And you know, earlier in the show, we were talking about athletes and rock stars. Before he was a tennis player, Andre Rublev Chanda was a rock star. Remember that? He was in that One Direction cover band. 
now he's into bands of a different sort. Oh, what a bug! I was chanting the snare. Yawning, though. Come on, man. Got a big match to play. You know, bands are boring, John. They are boring, but you yeah, gotta exactly. do it. Gotta do it. Bands will make you dance. There you go. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow at TC Lab, we celebrate Tennis Channel's 20th anniversary by hearing from the players themselves who grew up watching Tennis Channel. I remember when Coco was on, she was like 14 years old, we put her on, she was so hyped. Now she's like, I can't get off this. Tennis Channel was exactly. born before Coco, okay? It was. Before Coco. There you go. Right. TC <laughs> and then, yeah. TC is BC. CG. <laughs> Uh, social net. That was that was John's joke right there. Uh, the Kurota boys, they have traveled all around the world supporting their guy, Yannick Sinner. But yesterday, Paul was the first time they actually met in person. That's giving back oh. to your fan base right there, right? Isn't it? I, I mean, those that. guys, those guys that live, breathe, and, and, and die. Good publicity for a little creativity. Yeah, Nike no. should make an outfit like that. Now, what's, the, what's the story behind the carrots? Well, during one changeover, Yannick Sinner was, was eating some carrots, and then, of course, he's got the red hair. So, okay. it's a combo of the two. I see. I see the connection. All right, we're putting it together, slowly but surely. they got a big match today. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Player as well. Yes, everybody. I mean... The fans have played a big one. We got Jonah with Ostapenko, just sliding DMs. Eddie, man. We got young Eddie with, with Tommy Paul. We got the Karota boys with the Onyx Center. I mean, it's great. They it's come out. Good stuff. They come Justin Bieber or Coco Golf. Yep, they come out in New York. I love the Karota boys. Follow them on Instagram. Great account. Yannick, give them some more love. They, they, they spend a lot of money traveling the world to see. Yeah, I mean, how many Karota boys are there? Five, <laughs> five Karota boys, five carrots. Are they yeah. growing? Is the. <laughs> Is the bunch growing? We may, we may dig right, another right. one out of the ground at some point. <laughs> there they are. Uh, by the way, speaking of stars in the stands, we're not there yet, but another one, Pete Alonzo, Met Slugger, 40 homers, last five Ooh, years. Five, there we go. First five years in pretty major good, leagues, right? You get in a row? That's pretty solid. Yeah, see, when the Plus rookie... Uh, about the Mets, so yeah, exactly. Rough one for the Mets. They're still mathematically, Paul, alive for the wild So card. you're saying 20, there's a chance. 27 and a half games out. You guys see Pete Alonso uh, take the guy got his first major league hit and he inadvertently threw the ball into the stands. Did Pete Alonso? Yeah. Then he went and apologized. But uh, <laughs> no, good. He hit a short walk. People, I think, don't always realize how close City Field is to the tennis center. Uh, it's a good long Aaron Rodgers throw. There you go. There. Mm. That's a good bring synergy. Bring yeah, it all together. And stuff together. Pete, Pete Alonso and the Corona Boys is quite the combo we've got going today. <laughs> And we still have our people, stars in the stands, Jermaine, coming up later <laughs> on the show. Uh, the newly enhanced USOpenShop.org is the official shop for 2023 US Open merchandise. Get US Open gear for the entire family and check out a variety of one-of-a-kind US Open accessories. You may need the umbrella today. Visit USOpenShop.org. Back with the people, stars in the stands, and Wertheim's stat of the day. I hear Chanda, Chanda may have given him one today. Wow. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. It's that time. 
People Magazine stars in the stands. Who do we have today? Oh, oh. Oh, Bill Murray. Now, he doesn't look that happy, John. According to page six, he just ended a two-month romance with Khalees. Khalees? Yeah, that Khalees. Singular named Khalees? Milkshakes. Replacing Uh, milkshakes with honeydews. You know Bill Murray's (laughs) phone number is an 800 number? One of the great quirky characters. Uh, That's a good good star spot. Cinderella boy. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's good. All right. Yeah, we need yeah. such a legend. And then how about speaking of legends? We got Aaron Rodgers and uh, CJ Uzama rocking the tennis channel ball caps. Randall Cobb in the middle. Yeah. We got Randall Cobb some sweat. There's a closet right behind yeah. this set. I'm gonna get you some uh, swag, <laughs> Randall Cobb. But, uh, good to see see those guys out. You know, talk. It's amazing how big and strong the quarterbacks are. And yeah, I mean, look at the size of Aaron. He's a big boy. I mean. These are big, strong athletes. Wear nice hats, Steve. Oh, my gosh. Hey, that's, that's my guy. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm all in on the Jets this year. For more stars in the stands, visit people.com. All right, John. Stat of the day. What do you got? Uh, more of a historical note than a stat, per se. But uh, we're talking about Andy Roddick. It's been 20 years since an American won a U.S. Open in major. But guess what? This is crazy. 14 years ago, Juan Martín Del Potro beats Roger Federer. That was the last time a non-European won any major. That's crazy. On the, on the men's side, obviously. But we, we talk about a concentration of, uh, of talent and success and riches, even when the non-big three have busted through. Murray and Stan Wawrinka and Medvedev, um, Dominic Team, Alcaraz, obviously. They've all been from the same continent. That is just... Crazy. I mean, you know, that's 56 majors and all from one continent. Who was the last one after, before him? Can't even think of. Oh, I know it was. 2004? Was it Gaudio? South oh, America? Good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. That's good call. Good I thought you were going for an Agassi. I thought you were going for an Agassi. Oh, right. but no, yeah, exactly. South yeah, you're right. Yeah, Gaudio. Very yeah. good, which was kind of a. Yeah, so. That's why Team Europe has dominated Team World at the Labor Cup until last until year. Until last year. Right? Amazing concentration of, uh, of tennis talent on the men's side. Things yep. are about to change. Things are about to change. Okay. Comes around, comes around. Uh, tennis Express head to head. This will be a good one. Contrast in styles. Daria Kazakina, Arena Sabalenka. 2-2 on hard courts, Chanda. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting one because Kasekin has been playing well. You think about Sabalenka, the power, that should be the deciding factor, but how consistent will Sabalenka be? She now knows she's going to ascend to number one in the world. Does that do a little something um, you know, to her mindset? Is she able to sort of put that out of her mind and continue playing the type of tennis she's played? And I think it will be tricky for Sabalenka with Kasekin her ability to change the pace, to slow things up, to hit the slice, to, you know, hit low. Can that upset the rhythm of Sabalenka enough? You know, she's a great rhythm breaker, right? I mean, she's the one that can really keep the ball out of the strike zone with low slices, high rollers. Mm-hmm. And we saw that three-set victory back in 2022 uh, from um, a match where she used that rhythm to make Sabalenka uncomfortable. For me, the question is, does Sabalenka manage the moment well? It's going to be right. about that power and how well she's able to manage the moment. It's up to her what happens out there. So now it's like, okay, 
this is your opportunity. What do you do with it? What, what's the answer to the question uh, Mademoiselle Rubin raised? Do we think there's a, there's a letdown? Do we think there's any impact whatsoever? So Which way does it go? Support? Add more yeah. pressure or release pressure? Hey, yeah, I'm, number, I'm number one. I need to validate it or... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's one more thing I need to worry about. Because, I mean, there is a tendency for Sabalenka sometimes to overplay. I mean, she has that type of game. So can she kind of stay in the moment, stay the course, put the rest out of her mind until next week and just deal with what is at hand? I feel like it relaxes her. This, this was a goal the entire year. She was like, I want to be number one. Now she's gotten there. All right. And I didn't even have to, like, do something that special. All I had to do was make the fourth round of the U.S. Open. Yeah, let Ostapenko win it for me. Win the, yeah. win the Australian Open, win some other titles. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of stuff she had to do, Steve. This week. Steve Tigner on Tennis.com wrote that Yannick Sinner is the bigger hitter, better offensive player, but Alexander Zverev is rangier and more consistent. Each has a killer backhand and a forehand that can break down at times. So who wins? You know... Zverev's won more matches, right? And, and it's a really difficult question for Sinner because it's going to be how you're going to finish the points. He hits the ball extremely well. He's done a great job with his team and also including Darren Cahill to really help him get better at finishing at the net. I think that's going to be an important factor. If Sinner can do that really comfortably and get the ball to the forehand side of Zverev in big moments, that's going to create opportunity. Otherwise, Zverev's been just too solid, really buttoned up. Right. You talk about finishing the points. I'm yeah. also worried about finishing the matches because Sinner is such a nice player, but best of five can have a hard time closing. So I, I figure he's, he's going to win in straights or if it's a battle, I, I think Zverev prevails. All right. Peyton Stairs, is she beating uh, Vondrosova today? I think that's a tough one. I think she'll give it a good go, but Vondrosova is so crafty with the lefty spins and the serves, but this will be a good test. When we see you tomorrow... The quarterfinals will be set. We'll have the answers. All the answers to the question. To all the questions of life and beyond. Bill Murray. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Enjoy the tennis, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.